0: Hey, hey, what's up everybody, hello everyone, we are so glad you're here, we've been praying for you all summer, and I'm really glad that you are here tonight to start your school year off with us, there's a lot of things going on on a Friday night, right, but meeting together with God among us, this is magic. It's good to see some familiar faces, a lot of us who have called CCF home for at least one school year now, so welcome back, family. Glad you're here. And if this is your first time, I'm especially glad that you're here, because college should not be done alone, right? You should do college with friends, with family. And that's who Jesus has called us to be, to each other. We are part of the family of God, and we want you to feel like you belong here, wherever you're coming from. Let me tell you a little bit about myself, so I'm not a stranger to some of you new folks. Uh, My name is Jeff, and I spell it with a G, which is weird. And I grew up overseas. I lived in Nairobi, Kenya, actually, until I graduated from high school. And I came to Western as a freshman. And somebody from CCF knocked on my door 18 years ago. Mathis 118, first floor Mathis, where you at? Hey, there you go. Worst view on campus. I had the hill (laughs) and feet. I wanted the bay. I stuck me on the other side. That's all right. I'm not bitter at all. (laughs) And, uh, And yeah, way back then, we met in this room too. 18 years ago, yes, they were the same bright orange seats as you're sitting in now. So this room is either retro or really in need of an upgrade, (laughs) but we love it. It's good. I met my wife here in CCF. Should be a picture of my little family. That's us. Uh, We got married after we both went into campus ministry, and we have three kids: Owen, Jack, and Maya. And they are in fourth grade, second grade, and kindergarten at a school just a couple blocks down from Buchanan Towers. Uh, They're really fun, and they love college students. So if you want a friend for life, just high-five one of my kids, and you're good to go. (laughs) And let me say this, for real. Being in this community and learning how to follow Jesus as a Western student in CCF changed my life. No joke, getting involved as a freshman... Set me on a trajectory I would not have predicted, but I certainly would not trade. Following Jesus with my friends here as a student and now as a 14-year staff has shown me the way to life. And that is why I love college. Clearly, I've never left. (laughs) Because I love college students. You guys, I love this season you're in because that's what happens here you are becoming the people you are going to be for the rest of your life right now. For you freshmen and for you transfer juniors, how you choose to spend these next two to four, maybe five, it's cool, these years will make all the difference in your life. You get to decide who are you going to listen to, who's going to influence you, who will your friends be, What expertise will you build while you're here getting a degree? And yeah, you'll learn a lot. You'll learn all kinds of stuff. But your experience in college is so much more than increasing the number of things that you know. College is not about just getting information or reading books or knowing more things. You have to figure out what you're going to do with all that information. You ever think about that? Information is everywhere now. We live in an age where almost everything the human species knows is accessible to almost all of humanity. You have every fact on earth available at a tap on your screen, right? This is crazy. But clearly, getting more information, learning about stuff, is not in question while you're here. The real question is much more important. Who will you become while you're here? Who are you going to be? How are you going to navigate through all the information you're going to get and all that's available to you to make the choices about what's true, what's real, and who you will become in light of all that? This applies to spiritual questions, too. If you're not religious, you could research every religion on earth. To learn about them. But of all the options, how will you know what's real, what's true? If you grew up in the church, you could know all the Bible stories, you could be familiar with all the denominations, and hip to every theological debate. Here's my point whatever your background, there are hundreds of worldviews, religions, political persuasions, clickbait surveys, professors' opinions, your friends' opinions. Shoot, even I've got opinions. How will you know the way forward when there are so many ways on offer, so many ways you could go to start building your life, to start becoming the person you're going to be? Which way will you pick? And this isn't something you can just learn about. Deciding what you believe is true, what your worldview is, what your understanding of reality is, what's right, what's wrong, that's not just a collection of things that you can read about in books or learn about in class discussions at Western. It's a lot more like riding a bike. This summer, I tried to teach our daughter, Maya, our youngest. Girl is fierce. If you high-five her, you might break your wrist. Be careful. Be careful. I tried to teach her how to ride a bike. She was not having it. She wasn't quite ready. Still a little too nervous with the tippiness when she wasn't pedaling. That's okay. I wonder how many of you remember what it felt like as you were trying to learn to ride a bike. You guys remember that? Some of you are like, I don't know how to ride a bike. That's fine. That's cool. (laughs) I suppose as you were learning, you could have read a book about how to ride a bike. You could read and discuss and study all you want about balance and momentum and what gear to wear and who to trust to hold the back of your bike seat while you're learning, right? But eventually, you just got to ride and pedal. Please pedal. You have to do it, right? Becoming the person you're going to be is a hands-on exercise, It's not just about absorbing information about yourself and the world around you. It's something you do in motion. And following Jesus is like that. Following Jesus is an action. It's not just a set of things you agree with. Back in the first century, during the life and times of Jesus, he didn't just walk around saying, here's what I think you should too." So people could sit there and say, yeah, sure, I guess I agree with that. Sounds okay. No, he said, come follow me. Come see me in action. Come see for yourself. Come have lunch with me. Let's go on a hike. Let's use our hands to pray for people and heal them and feed them. Let's listen to each other talk. Let's live life together so you can see and experience for yourself whether or not what I'm saying is true. In other words, come learn how to ride a bike. Come learn it by doing it for yourself. Our surrounding American culture, uh, most of our movies, our music, our TV shows, even this university, will tell you that there are a hundred different ways to the good life. So good luck finding yours. But Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And he didn't just make that claim. He made that claim in motion. He made that claim to people following him around. He said, come be with me and see if I actually know what I'm talking about. Come see for yourself if I'm the way. But you have to keep up. You have to follow. Get up close and personal with me. The earliest pastoral biography of Jesus, the Gospel of Mark, it's it's the earliest one we have has a middle section about Jesus in motion or on his way, chapters 8, 9, and 10. And there's a lot of great stories that happen in these chapters, but I want to tell you two from chapter 10. Listen to how active these stories are. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The man, this man and Jesus go on to discuss his family history and how to be in right relationship with God. Then at the end, Jesus says, great, you're good to go. But there's one more thing. And Mark includes a very important detail in how he tells this story. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Mark says that on purpose. One thing you lack, Jesus said. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. He invites this man along the way. Come follow me. Get everything else out of the way, everything that might hold you back, and let's go together toward the life you're hungry for. And the man doesn't do it. It's not for lack of information. It wasn't because he didn't know enough. He'd been raised on this stuff. He just didn't want to do it. what was needed, so he bails. Doesn't want to give up his stuff. The second story from chapter 10 is about a blind man. Jesus is on his way again, and a blind man named Bartimaeus starts shouting by the side of the road when he hears the Jesus parade going by, and he doesn't want to miss it. Everybody else tells him to shut up, but Jesus tells the whole parade, Hold up! Hundreds of people stop walking. And Jesus says, Bring him to me. So they do. And Jesus asks him, What do you want me to do for you? Which seems kind of duh, right? He's blind. He needs some help. But here's the deal Jesus is engaging with him, he's giving him a voice. It's the same way he related to the rich man. He looked at him and loved him. It's the same engagement. What can I do for you? How can I help you? And the blind man says, I want to see. And Jesus says, done. (laughs) Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. You know that word road? Guess what else it could be translated as? Along the way. This is the way of Jesus. This is what Jesus is like. You guys, he looks at you tonight and loves you. He asks you tonight, How can I help you? What would you like me to do for you? I wonder how you would answer that question tonight. I wonder what you bring with you to your college experience that you want Jesus to either move out of the way or heal. Jesus is interested in you whatever background you might come from. He's as interested in you and me as he was in those guys back then. And he wants to rid us of anything that will keep us from life, whether it's an overattachment to money or actual physical maladies or anything else. What do you want Jesus to do for you? How do you want him to help you this quarter, this weekend? Are you looking for life too? Jesus says, life happens when you come follow him. I said earlier that getting involved in CCF changed my life. I was a missionary kid. Uh, my parents uh, were missionaries in Kenya. They still are, actually. Still live there. We Skype every Sunday morning. <laughs> They've got grandkids now, so they have, to, like, they have to see the kids. They don't see me. I don't care. Like, Hi, hey, Jeff. Oh, hello, children. That's what it is. It's not me. So I grew up in my home hearing Bible stories. Uh, I loved my mom and dad and my siblings. We all love Jesus. We're still really close. And if you'd asked me when I got to Western, I would have said, for sure, yeah, I'm a Christian, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. But that first quarter, I started meeting really smart, really friendly people who didn't believe what I'd been raised believing. I was in classes with brilliant professors who didn't agree with Christianity, and they were not unkind or antagonistic about it. They just didn't agree. And I started to wonder if Jesus was who he really said he was, and if the Bible really was what Jesus claimed it to be, and if Christianity was really just one option among many, or worse, some kind of Santa Claus for adults Something pretend to believe so people felt better about life. I wasn't sure what to believe anymore. This was my first quarter at Western. But then, I had a conversation about it with one of those CCF guys who knocked on my door. That first week, his name was Andy. I've got a picture of him. I saw him this summer. There he is, my guy. He's still short. (laughs) And we had a conversation about it. And then we had lots of conversations. And then we started hanging out every week. And as our friendship grew, he helped me wrestle with my questions. He taught me to study the Bible in a new, fresh way. He prayed like he was actually talking to Jesus and not just saying words he thought he was supposed to say. He was following Jesus, and he invited me to follow him too. And I remember when I told him I was thinking about junking my faith because I wasn't sure if it would stand up to all the questions I was collecting. He said something I will never forget. I told him that this summer, too. He said, Jeff, I dare you to ask every question you ever think of and see for yourself if Jesus is everything he claimed to be. If you find he's unreliable, then bail, man. I was like, can you say that? He was an intern at the time. You're an intern with CCF. You can't say that. But he did, and he was right. He said, this isn't worth building your life on if it's bogus. But if it's true, like capital T, true, as anything can be true, then it will stand up to whatever explorations you can give it. He was daring me to follow Jesus. And he did so before I had figured everything out. Before I knew how to ride the bike, he invited me to get on it and start pedaling and see where it took me. That rich man from Mark 10, he didn't have everything figured out about Jesus, but Jesus said, let's go. Come see for yourself. The blind man just wanted to get his eyesight back, but he ends up following Jesus on his way. If Jesus really is the way and the truth and the life, then following him around this school year is your way to figure out who you are. What life is all about and where you fit in the grand drama of putting this whole world back together. Because let's be real, this world is a mess, right? Have you watched the news recently? Oh my word. We live in times of corruption, civil wars on multiple continents, assault, natural disasters, racial tension, and online toxicity. Just to name a few. But this human messiness is not new. Things have been broken in humanity for a long time. All the way back in the Old Testament, God's people cried out for God to come and show them the way, to show them how to put their broken world back together. And the prophet Isaiah, who is like the poet laureate of the Old Testament, he sings of a day when God will come himself to show the people the way to life, to wholeness, to holiness, and to hope. Isaiah chapter 35 sings about how one day God himself will come to the mess and muddle of human affairs to show us the way. I want to read some of it to you because it's so beautiful. Long before Jesus, but anticipating his coming. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy what destroys you. He's coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. The lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. No lions will be there, nor any other ferocious beast. They will not be found there. Only the rescued will walk on it. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will be chased away. That sounds like some good news. And it sounds just like Jesus. There's a reason the first communities following Jesus were called followers of the way. Because God himself had come down among them. Just like Isaiah said he would. Jesus had come and said, come follow me. Come along the way. And he still says to you and to me, come follow me. He still looks at you and me and loves us. He's asking you tonight, how can I help you? And he is still in the process of making Isaiah 35 come true for everyone in this world who will follow him. So here's my question to you tonight. Lots of you are just starting out, but all of us are starting this school year. We're just beginning. What way of life will you choose this year? What way of life will you start practicing, getting good at, getting familiar with, getting used to? What way of life will you start pedaling with that will shape the muscles and balance of the person you're going to be for the rest of your life? I'd like to invite you, whether you're brand new tonight or an old-time CCFer like me, let's follow the way of Jesus together this year. Here in CCF, we try to do life together the way Jesus mapped it out for us, the way he showed us in the Bible. We do it as a family, all of us together every week, Friday night. We do it in smaller core groups like John talked about so we can actually get to know each other. We even do it one-on-one, person-to-person in real relationships. I want you to know that on any given Friday night, of the two to 300 students who gather together to worship and explore God together, every one of you has access, if you want it, to personal friendship with someone who loves you before they even met you. Everybody in CCF can have an Andy. And they will be your friend, and they will help you follow Jesus on his way. Jesus calls that discipleship, so that's what we call it. And if you're not religious... And you have no background in the church. If you're just exploring tonight, I want you to know that's how a lot of us started on the way of Jesus. Lots of us here did not come from a church background. There are even students here tonight in CCF who still aren't sure what they think about Jesus, but they've found this to be a safe community where they can explore him. So join a core Join up with other people who are following him. See for yourself what you think, whether or not he really is the way and the truth and the life. And whatever you end up deciding about him, we hope you get a clearer picture of who he is so you can confidently say yes or no to following him once you've explored him. Don't dismiss him without looking close. Maybe others of you are brand new to following Jesus, like you just decided in the last few months to jump on the way. This community is a place for you, for you to put down deep nutritional roots in what it means to know Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. I'm also sure there's lots of you who are new tonight and you're real familiar with church. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home like I did or or were real involved in your youth group and you've actually come to Western hungry for a healthy, deep Christian community. I want you to know this is a place for you. We are a community in motion. We are actively following Jesus. We think every single student on our campus should have an opportunity to respond to the life and claims of Jesus Christ. And that even includes your professors. It certainly includes your study buddies, your roommates, and every person sitting out by the fountain when the weather's nice. (laughs) We don't just believe stuff. We're on the bike about it. And if you want to join up with that, then let's go. If you came here looking for a place to follow Jesus for real, for serious, this is a place for you. And lastly, lots of you aren't new. Lots of you have been around CCF for a while, so you know what I'm talking about. You know that the way of Jesus means taking responsibility for the younger and newer students around you. You know that being a returner in CCF means you make the shift from CCF being about how much you can learn and grow to making sure the newer students around you are learning and growing. Now that's actually how you grow as a mature disciple of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, worship team, you guys can come on up and get ready to sing some more. I want you to be able to make a decision tonight. Now that you're in college, now that you've embarked on the process of becoming the person you're going to be for the rest of your life, will you follow the way of Jesus? Or will you listen to the hundreds of other ways, other options for truth? We're going to spend the rest of Friday nights this quarter talking about the way of Jesus. Tell your friends, we'll talk about love, forgiveness, friendship, sacrifice, all sorts of things that are true of the way of Jesus who wants us to follow him toward the life we're hungry for. But before we sing, I want Jesus to have the last word. I I want you to hear his words right before we sing about him. Here's how he explained what he was up to in the world. I have come that they may have life, And have it abundantly.